Hey guys, welcome to Athena's Might. I'm your host, Pauline, and this podcast centers around the benefits of strength training for women, female health issues, as well as how lifting benefits women's health in general. Throughout the show, I'll be bringing members from the Lady Lifters, the UNCC female weightlifting team slash club, and we'll be talking about their experiences about how weightlifting has benefited them physically, mentally, and emotionally. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Hey guys, welcome back to Athena's My Episode 11. I'm your show host, Pauline Eliera, and today we have a really cool guest. Probably, so sorry, I have a lot of biases. One of the coolest guests I've had on the show that I, I've had the pleasure of interviewing, and her name is Catherine Lee. How would you like to call yourself, Catherine or Kat? I usually just go by Cat. Cat. Yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. I'm so happy that you're here. And um, so, fun fact, we both met at a powerlifting competition it was just it was like a charity powerlifting competition uh we've met at two i don't i forget my my adhd i think is coming to me (laughs) but we met at the um no limits no no yeah no limits fitness yes no limits fitness in monroe and it's been really cool and really awesome and fun and i actually just came up to her and was like hey i think your muscles are so cool and so big <laughs> <laughs> i was like you have such nice muscles it's so cool and it's just here we are and i wanted this to be a little bit more um I guess a skill, like an episode about skill and tactics regarding weightlifting and whatnot and just like an approach to fitness because uh, I feel that with the current show, it's a lot more general, like introspective look into how I've perceived fitness versus how other people could. And I think it's just a fun way to like spice things up. So I'm going to turn the table now to Catherine or turn the mic, however you talk about it, to Catherine and just kind of give her you know, a chance, a spotlight to introduce yourself. So here here you go. Okay. Um, so yes, I'm Kat and, Mm -hmm. uh, I've been heavily involved in the sport of Olympic weightlifting for Olympic style weightlifting for the past 10 years, 10 years. Um, I've been kind of working in the fitness industry a couple years. Mm -hmm. Um, I've kind of seen a lot of different sides of being an athlete, being a coach, and mm-hmm. then just kind of being in the fitness or strength and conditioning world. Whoa, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get into that? I think a lot of it has to do with uh, just in college, I was an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a pole vaulter and long jumper. Mm-hmm. I was out, out at the University of Akron. So I spent four, four and a half years doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a lot of just experience being a student athlete and just being a competitive athlete and then kind of seeing how the weight room plays a role in just my performance as an athlete that way. Oh. And then after I was done being a pole vaulter, uh, I got into Olympic style weightlifting. That was a whole nother side of moving a barbell around. I didn't even know it was a sport. Wow. Um, and then kind of went from there. How, so you didn't even immediately go into like just general weightlifting. It was, it had to, ended up being Olympic style. Like, how did that happen? Um, the person I was dating at the time, like he was competing in the sport. What? And, you know, as an athlete in college, mm-hmm. I had spent a lot of time in the weight room um, mm-hmm. doing some, you know, strength and conditioning, lots of barbell movements, training with 
you know, the throws team, training mm-hmm. with the pole vaulters, and I always enjoyed being in the weight room. I always enjoyed lifting weights. Yeah. So, you know, it seemed like a natural step for me to see how competitive weightlifting went for me just uh, because it was a whole new thing, mm-hmm. but it was already something that I already knew I liked to do. Wow, that's so cool because, like, it's really per- people in your life at that moment that can influence you to, like, those type of like oh, hobbies abs- yeah absolutely so because I, I was thinking for me like my brother got me into weightlifting so like besides the partner you had at that time was there anybody else in your family that's had history like weightlifting or like like exercises a, a lot honestly i've been exposed to exercise and like being in the gym since i was tiny like my mom she she liked to be in the gym a lot like she oh, she spent a awesome. lot of time in the gym mm-hmm. i remember when i was like before I was in preschool or anything like that, she would take me to Gold's Gym out in Alexandria, Virginia. Gold's put, Gym? Yeah, Gold's Gym. What the heck? And That's then so cool. she would put me in like the childcare in the gym and she would go and work out like uh-huh. in the middle of the day with the bodybuilders. So she, you know, she wow. was she was someone who really enjoyed lifting the weights. It was good for her. It was good yes. for her emotionally. She was a really good example of that. Uh-huh. Um, and that was a big part of her. Yeah. She never competed in bodybuilding or anything like that. She did it purely just for her own sake and yeah. for her own kind of, this is what she wanted to do. That's how she spent a lot of her time. And, um, you know, I had my high school athletic career and then my collegiate athletic career. And then it kind of, I still ended up being in the gym, kind of like my mom. That's so, so badass. <laughs> That's That was a conversation I had with my boyfriends. Like, I'm going to be that mom that, like, takes, you know, like, my kid to the gym and, like, put them in the daycare because it's, like, um, especially now, there's this idea that if you go to the gym, you're, like, a percent better than the average person type of thing. It's really weird. It's, like, this whole weird internet culture type of thing. Okay. And it's very interesting. But I'm glad that she was a very positive role model for you because a lot of people don't have that chance or opportunity to, like, see their parent, like, thrive in exercise or like a type of fitness oh absolutely and you know for my mom to be doing this in the 90s like early 90s 90s, yes you know uh that wasn't commonplace for women you know for just moms women to to just kind of spend time lifting heavy weights in a gym you know if she wasn't a competitive bodybuilder and things like that like it happened obviously but it it wasn't as as common as it is now yeah if that makes sense so did your like your dad, did he do also weightlifting or? He liked to spend time in the gym too, but uh, he wasn't a competitive athlete. You know, he, um, mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't a situation where like I'm following the footsteps of my parents. Like I think out of everyone in my most immediate family, I, I mm-hmm. am into sports. You know, I was the athlete. You were the athlete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of support from my parents, from my siblings, but mm-hmm. I was the one being the athlete. I was the one competing. I was the one doing sports. Wow. How many siblings do you have? I've got an older sister and a younger brother. Oh, so you're, you're the middle. I'm right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Do they also do sports, your older sister and younger brother? Uh, they did a little bit in high school, mm-hmm. but nothing, um, nothing so serious where they were, you know, striving for a collegiate scholarship like I was. Oh. You know, they did it very much as a hobby, um, mm-hmm. kind of a social activity, which is great, you know, yeah. and they enjoyed being physical. Um, yeah. But, you know, their own interests and their own their own um, strengths kind of took them in a different direction. Oh, that's, that's awesome because my... I'm the baby of the family. I have three older siblings, and it's really interesting for me because 
they're all literally like a lot older than me. Like when I when you think of a sibling, or like a stereotype, like a general sibling, you'd have like you'd think it's a two two to three years, two yeah. to three year pretty, gap, pretty standard, yeah, pretty standard. My older sister and I, we have a sixteen year gap. Goodness, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. But yeah, it, it was it was a fun time. A uh, sixteen year gap. My elder brother, uh, he has like, what, ten nine years on me? I don't know. It's okay. thirty two, thirty three. And then my older brother, the one I feel like the most sibling kinship with that got me into weightlifting, we have like five years apart. Okay. So I grew up with, in a way, like seeing different generations, but not nearly experiencing it. And I always heard stories of like how back in the Philippines, because I lived there for a time. And even before I was like born, they, both my older sister and my older brother had done martial arts for like years. Gotcha. They did like karate. Um, my brother did Aikido. They did Filipino like stick fighting, mm-hmm. and to hear, I guess, different perceptions of fitness or like exercise generation to generation. Yeah. And now with my older brother and I doing more weightlifting is really cool, and I think it's awesome that you're, you have family that's experienced in like fitness because, it's something I think of nowadays. It's very important now with how like everybody can be very sedentary like corporate desk jobs like it's very important and there's a nostalgia for just exercising now in a way like it's a whole different subculture of internet culture and i think i wanted to it's just inspiring at the end of the day yeah it's like because there's a lot of people more getting diagnosed like depression anxiety or like adhd or a lot of mental illnesses and some of them do struggle a lot of those struggles with mental illnesses can and actually do derive from like a lack of fitness or Mm -hmm. like a lack of exercise so i think it's really awesome that your whole family has that you know idea of like yeah this should be a forerunning like a an occurring theme yeah if you that if that makes sense absolutely that's like you know personal health and being physically active is just kind of what everyone in the family typically did. So Mm -hmm. it was pretty easy to kind of get on board with that myself and it's easy to maintain that. Yeah, did each sibling have like their own, I guess, respective like sport? Because I know you did pole vaulting. Um, Did they have anything else differently? Um, I know my sister, she spent most of her time doing volleyball. Volleyball? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and um, I spent a couple years getting into volleyball when I was like freshman, sophomore in high school. Yeah. Before I decided that I wanted to really focus on track and field. Track and field. And then my brother, he kind of dabbled in a lot of different sports because he spent most of his high school years overseas. Um, oh. Because my dad worked for the State Department, so we moved around a lot. So by oh. the time I went off to college, my brother, they ended up moving to Malaysia. So, Malaysia. So my brother did a, a bunch of team sports, some cross country, some basketball, like a little bit wow. of everything um, mm-hmm. while he was overseas. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so cool. So I was thinking, like, he probably may have studied abroad. Is that right? Or he just moved to? Um, We just kind of went to international schools. So a, a chunk of my childhood, I, I lived in Japan for four years. Um, I'm from Thailand. I've lived there for two years plus another three years. So first, second, third grade, Japan, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, Thailand. And then I spent a little bit of time in Indonesia. Indonesia. Yeah. Wow, that is so cool. Not only are you, like... A fitness expert, but you, like you've 
lived multiple lives in a way. Yeah, I've, I've seen some things. I've had, you know, I'm very fortunate to have seen lots of different parts of Asia and yes. then also, you know, established a pretty, pretty stable life here in the U.S. too. Yeah, that's very impressive too because like a lot of the cultures in Southeast Asia, they're just now getting more recognized, which I think is so important. Yes. And it's like, that's so cool. And I can't imagine moving around a lot and often. I have a lot of respect for people whose parents were in the military or like government, like where they moved all the time. Cause like I only moved when I was seven mm -hmm. to like a different country. And that's, that was enough for me. It was like, ah, no, no more. It's definitely like, it's a jarring experience. It's, you know? it's so jarring. It was like the cultural shocks. I was like, oh my God, yeah, there's so much food. Yeah. <laughs> like the Just, portion sizes, mm -hmm. that was that. So when you were like moving around, was that still an experience of you getting into like exercising or whatnot? Like when you were younger, were you still exercising as much as you do now, if that makes sense? Yeah, just on a more relaxed level. Um, okay. I think, you know, thinking about my elementary school age years, I was overseas going to international schools where, you know, I think culturally, mm -hmm. gym classes taken much more seriously. Yeah, gym classes and, are taken you know, more seriously. And, and it's people participate, you know? So, yeah. you know, learning different sports and actually participating in different sports and doing different sports clubs and things like that, mm -hmm. different teams, like that's much more normal, I think. And yeah. um, I think just more accepted, you know, just or expected to. Yeah, mm -hmm. like uh, like kids, children, they just, they just do it, you know, like, yeah. Um, whereas here, I it sounds like it's a lot harder to get kids to be active and to participate. That's the thing I was very shocked about was like, America is very, there's so much achievements and a lot of cool things like with the fitness industry, but just the general mindset is very hard. Because when I was in the Philippines, like we had like, not only did we have like actual sports, like different sports but we had like dance classes mm -hmm. and just anything to get you active and when, when i came here i was very disappointed like there wasn't as much of that yeah you, i was like that why? turns into just private sector things where like yeah. if you want to do dance okay you'll you'll find a dance studio or a, a yeah a, some type of academy and then you know uh -huh. that's how you would do that type of thing it's not yeah. so readily available to in the everyone. curriculum too right and that shocked me i was like why <laughs> like it's fun why can't people do it here right. I don't know. It was just like, why is that? But regarding like your weight, like your weightlifting experience and whatnot, how? So you got started basically from the partner you had at that time. Mm -hmm. Was there like a really specific, specific moment that kind of lit a fire that you're like, I want to do this forever? Because that like an epiphany of sorts. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm still doing it. I kind of joke with my coach right now. I'm like, well. I'm still weightlifting. <laughs> I joke around. I'm like, today might be the day I retire. I, I probably won't. I've still got some years ahead of me where I can still compete. But mm -hmm. I just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoy training. I enjoy coaching. I enjoy competing. Like, those are the big components of Olympic weightlifting, you know. And, and each mm -hmm. thing kind of fulfills a different part of me. And yeah. each thing, each component, you know, that I just listed off, like, uh, the... I can just keep growing into those roles. Oh. So it's it's something where like I I, I can always get something else from it. You yeah. Know? So I don't want to put it down yet because why why would I don't I? need to. Yeah. You know? I I'm relatively healthy. I haven't injured myself too badly. That's good. Um yeah. That's good, yay. That's, Woo! That's that's kind of 
the goal. That's the goal. Like, just don't injure yourself. Yeah, um, don't. And then, you know, me growing as a person, maturing as yes. a person. Like, I yeah. gain more perspective. I learned from people. I learned from my coach. Yeah. I learned from the kids that I work with. I learned from the adults that I work with. So mm -hmm. it's like, it's just this constantly evolving mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And so I... I make a point to keep it in my life. That's awesome. And thank you for sharing that with us. Cause like, um, when I started weightlifting, I primarily did it to just give me something to do. Cause it was entering into the pandemic. Okay. So I believe so. And I, before then, like in the winter, my older brother and I would do like some workouts, but then I didn't really have enough motivation. Or at that time I wasn't really confident that I could keep going and doing it. But now I'm like, I just want to go to the gym. Like I love it. Yeah. But, um, for me, definitely, it was a means of helping me, like, stabilize myself because mm -hmm. with whatever is going on in my head, and a lot of people see it that way, too. Like, weightlifting is a very good way to alleviate, like, stress or, it, like, yes, depressive thoughts. Therapeutic. Yeah, it's so it's so therapeutic, and I'm very happy that you also mentioned that you, you worked with kids, too, because I think it's very important to have that in your life. Like, you see somebody not only with that much experience, but telling you, like, hey, this is something you should do. Mm -hmm. Like, you should keep going. Yeah. Because I'm going to be, if you're honest, I don't want to be, like, somebody who's, like, in their 60s and, like, I, I stopped going to the gym, basically. And it's it's really commendable that you're in a position to help advise or even mentor people who, lack like, or have just started. Oh, I mean, it's it's the least I can do because I've been helped by all of my coaches. Yeah, I, you know, I to this day I remember a lot of conversations that I've had with all of my different coaches, right. track and field coaches, weightlifting coaches, mm. you know, teachers, what have you. Like, you know, they've helped me immensely. So yes. you know, it's it's a it's me as a coach. It's a role I take very seriously. Like, I don't take it lightly. Mm -hmm. I want to do right by the people that I work with, that's mm -hmm. important to me. And sometimes I mess up, Some I hope I don't, but sometimes it happens, you know? Yeah. But that's just, I think it's a privilege. Yeah, Coaching is. is a privilege and it's- I like that. It is, absolutely. It's it's an opportunity and I work very hard to, to do the best I can with it. I like that coaching is a privilege because um, we before we even started, we, had, we even got the topic of how people don't take that position very seriously like it's kind of in the same scheme as like if you had a tutor in calculus and they don't work as hard to prepare you for your exam yeah you're gonna feel like shit <laughs> and you're gonna be like why why did i even take time out to even look for you or right. look to you right. so i think that's really awesome and with the fitness industry like booming and the rise of people like wanting to be a personal trainer or stuff like that. I think that's something that they should encode into like their discipline. It's like it is a privilege. It is a privilege to have all this knowledge that you pass on readily mm -hmm. and with time to other people and they can choose to do whatever they want with it. Right. So I think it's so cool. And to get more technical in the grand scheme of things, could you offer like your own interpretation of like a differentiation between generic weightlifting and like Olympic style lifting? lifting yeah okay um yeah. so i think what a lot of people i think most of the population they find themselves doing general strength training yeah you know um so kind of bodybuilder-esque type yeah. things so 
say they go into the gym and, and they're doing, you know, a typical, hey, I'm going to do a, a chest and try day yeah. or a, a back and biceps day, a shoulder day, a leg day. Mm-hmm. I call that, at least myself and maybe a lot of other people in the industry, you know, that's general strength training. General um, strength training. And I think a lot of people can benefit from that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's still, you know, hopefully the goals of, of improving, you yes. know, helping you get to your health fitness goals. You know, that is definitely a means to, to do that. And then when you look at Olympic style weightlifting, that is a competitive sport. Yeah. So it's contested in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, right now, it's kind of on the chopping block. Um, really? Yeah, just there's a lot of controversy with the sport itself, with the IOC and the IWF. So Why? Um, a lot of it has to do with doping and scandals. Oh, um, like, like the um, performance enhancing drugs? Yes. Okay. Um, so obviously performance enhancing drugs, uh, they're against the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens in every sport. There, there are rules against that. Um, and it seems to be pretty rampant in weightlifting. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not trying to get political on that. Either way, weightlifting is an, it's an original Olympic sport. Yeah. It's going to be contested in the next games. Whether or not it's in the next program after that, it's kind of up in the air. Mm-hmm. Because they're waiting for the International Weightlifting Federation to kind of clean things up. So oh. let's remain hopeful that it's going to continue to be in the Olympic program, but we're not really sure after the next games. Oh. But kind of sidestepping that, um, it is a competitive sport. Yes. Um, so what you do in competitively is you have three attempts in a lift called the snatch. The snatch. And that's going to be when the barbell, you lift it from the floor to over your head. Over your head. With straight arms. So full lock out at the top. Uh-huh. And then the other lifts that you compete in is gonna be the clean and jerk. So clean and the jerk. clean is lifting the barbell from the floor to your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And then the jerk portion is gonna be from shoulders to overhead. Yes. So the Olympic weightlifting contest to meet is gonna be, you get three attempts in the snatch, mm-hmm. three attempts in the clean and jerk. Three attempts each, okay. You take your best of each lift uh-huh. and that turns into your total. Mm-hmm. You compete in weight classes. Okay. So there's different weight classes, similar to how you would compete in powerlifting or perhaps even wrestling, but it's a cu- it's a weight uh, weight class contested sport. Oh. And then obviously there's gender categories too. So, oh. So so it's just the lifts are different for like the types of lifts you do at Olympic weightlifting is mm-hmm. just different. It's competitive. Yeah, it's competitive and it's very much specifically the snatch, the mm-hmm. clean and jerk. Any training that an Olympic weightlifter will do, mm-hmm. if their program is you know, um, geared towards competitive weightlifting, they'll work on their technique for the snatch, the clean, the jerk, mm-hmm. and then do any accessory lifting or any accessory exercises to help with mm-hmm. performance in the snatch, clean, and jerk. Oh, that's so cool. I'm always learning something new every day, which is awesome. Because, <laughs> uh, like, um, the meets that I've went, some of them, like, some of the competitors are, like, have done Olympic weightlifting like you, and then there's just general strength training, which is what my mostly my guy friends do Mm -hmm. and some of my girlfriends and so i was like this is really interesting i don't know why this is the way that it is but that's cool and i appreciate you explaining it to me because there's listeners at home that may not know what the differences are and couldn't be bothered to look it up but hey we have somebody to explain it so it's just awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah and weightlifting is not a glamorous sport it's not you know, no. it's not professional football, soccer, basketball. It's not a first-tier sport. It's very much a low-tier sport. Um, oh, okay. And that's just kind of the nature of things. So when people think of weightlifting, they usually think of either bodybuilding or powerlifting. Yeah. So, I mean, there is 
huge differences between those things. So, mm -hmm. I mean, thanks for giving me an opportunity to of try and course. talk about the differences there. Of course. No, I think it's integral because if my message for this whole entire show is just get more women to the gym, like, go, go, get in there. Mm -hmm. And I feel that when you know something a lot better, you're more inclined to even go in because, you know, an idea, like you have an idea of what you're doing. Because yeah. I think for me... I'm wanting to try powerlifting, but then I also just started Muay Thai and to give myself like a sense of doing cardio because I hate cardio. I hate it. It's just annoying, but I like dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I like dancing and <laughs> kicking things with my shins, so it's fun. Yeah. But um, I I like to think of it that way. But with powerlifting, isn't just that isn't that technique more just dealing with like squat, bench, and deadlift? Yeah. Those okay. those are the lifts that are contested in a powerlifting meet. Okay. Powerlifting is not an event in the Olympics. So it's still a competitive event. Like mm -hmm. people still compete in powerlifting. There's all sorts of federations yes. for powerlifting, but yeah. it's not an Olympic sport. Oh. Olympic style weightlifting is the only barbell sport in the Olympics. Yes. I was with Olympic style weightlifting that actually piqued my interest because I believe in the twenty twenty Olympics the um the winner i think for the female class for olympic style weightlifting was filipino like hidilin diaz yeah she won that and i was that like that was the most recent games 20 2020 or 2022 yeah, i don't even or, know but we don't even whatever like the one where they they competed not the year they were supposed to <laughs> oh yeah the one where they <laughs> the covid year the, the, yeah, the, yeah. COVID, the covid year um where they're supposed to compete in japan but they didn't they did compete in china yeah. No, they were in Tokyo, but it Wait, was Tokyo? just like a year oh after the fact. But yeah, she um, she had a, a phenomenal performance at the Olympics, and she everyone in the Philippines was very proud of her. I know. I'm so I saw that on my Facebook. I was like, yeah, let's go, because like not only was she the first Filipino, she was the first woman. Yes, that was so badass. That was <laughs> that's big things. That's and that's a lot to be proud of. So, did you ever watch that lift actually when she? When she competed, did you ever actually watch it, or did you just watch highlights of it? I, I'm pretty sure I saw some highlights. Like, I've seen the lifts over and over again. I can't remember if I watched it live or not, because, you know, the time differences. Some of the some yeah. of the lifting was going on on weird times. So, yes. Um, yeah, so I don't know if I saw it live, but I definitely remember mm -hmm. and seeing lots of replays and lots of celebrations cool. of her, which, you know, I'm glad that people did take the time to say, hey, this is this is a huge deal for them. Yeah, it's a huge deal because it's like I, I can't imagine, you know, like being a young girl in this age. And it's an age of like because when I was getting because I'm, I'm only 21, right. but I, I basically essentially grew up with the Internet and the rise of social media. And then there's that big phenomena of comparing yourself because I guess for other previous generations, they had a life before in the internet. Yes. But us. That's me. Thank you. You are you are so blessed because <laughs> I used to be like 10 years old and be like, it's not the phone, mom. But now I'm like, it is the fucking phone. <laughs> like it's the, the freaking unrestricted access to the internet and endless comparison to yourself. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like it's, so awesome for like imagine being a an eight-year-old girl and you see like a woman just win the olympics yeah. in lifting it wasn't anything like a typical quote-unquote feminine sport you know but right. it's it's sheer strength and power i think that's just so inspiring and i feel a lot more patriotism and i'm very happy but i think it's so cool because the reason why i even talked about i want to talk about that is like a lot of women from 
even some of the women I've met like online or like just chatting with some people, a lot of them are discouraged from lifting because they're afraid to look bulky or look not feminine. Like, how do you feel about that? I mean, that's that's something that I kind of have to converse around and kind mm -hmm. of give my two cents on often, um, mm -hmm. especially since I'm working as a personal trainer too. Yes. Um, I think, I think society, American society is doing a little bit better with that yeah. in general. Mm -hmm. uh, I think society's doing, is a little more accepting of just, hey, women in the gym, hey, women being more muscular or yes. what have you. I think a lot of problems lie in that with the social media thing and then people being dishonest with their social media. Sometimes you've got people yeah. saying, hey, I'm, I'm I'm doing this in the gym. These are the exercises that I'm doing. These, This is the food that I'm eating. Yeah. This is what I'm doing and this is what I look like. Mm -hmm. When it might not be fully true. Yeah. They might be dabbling in some, some type of anabolic agents. They might be taking certain substances. They might not be doing mm -hmm. the exact workout that they're telling you that they are. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just like, People are thinking, hey, women with muscles, she's only doing yeah, basic she... things in the gym. That might not necessarily be true. Yeah. You know, and then another thing to think about, too, is like, you know, time in the gym. Time in the gym. You know, the frequency. Yeah. Females, it, it takes time to actually get that lean mass on your body it if does. you're going to do it naturally. You know, yeah. um, it takes years and years and years and years and years yes. to get to that point. And it takes a lot of dedicated effort and it takes uh, a pretty healthy diet, you know, just for your average female. Like you won't accidentally wake up and just be very, very, very muscular. Like you, it, it doesn't happen. You see it develop. Yes, it, it's gonna develop, it's gonna take time. And if you do it without using any anabolic agents, it's, you're not gonna stumble upon that physique. Mm -hmm. um, so I think certain aspects of social media kind of kind of misconstrues things for people and then you've got the general population that may not be very educated in just mm -hmm. anatomy and physiology yeah especially not around exercise and, and strength training or dieting yeah and, and food and food science too mm -hmm. so it's just like this perfect storm of confusion yes of confusion and misconception and and you know and lies yeah what's a common misconception you've encountered um I want to do like a reverse switch like so because you've been in a position being the student mm -hmm. in weightlifting mm -hmm. and learning from your mentors to kind of flip the coin and see the other side like what's a very common misconception or multiple misconceptions you've had as a coach mm -hmm. in both weightlifting or maybe even just general personal training um like common myths that i have to like, encounter yeah you've had to encounter or like questions your clients have like, are there any, rep not repetitive, but just very common questions you found yourself having, like, answer over and over? Like, whether it be, like, personal, whether it be, like, dieting or mm -hmm. nutrition or just general, like, bot like biomechanic type of thing. Okay. Um, like, just comparing my role as a weightlifting competitor, a weightlifting coach, and then, like, personal training? Yeah. Okay. Um, let me think about that. That's a good question. I mean, that's the one that sticks out the, the most to me, honestly, is females mm -hmm. just not wanting to get bulky, uh, not wanting to just have Muscle. manly muscles, like, mm -hmm. quote, unquote, 
that's just something that I I hear a lot um, mm-hmm. as a weightlifter, as a weightlifting coach, and as a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge one. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm just trying to think of other things. Uh, after that, um, honestly, that's kind of the biggest one because then mm-hmm. you just have just case by case situations. You yeah, know, like, that's true. You know, perhaps I was too raw with that question because I I remember thinking like i would read up on like personal fitness coaches and like their experiences and then they would have like these of like basically like, frequently asked questions type of thing yeah and like you like what you said for the most part that does stick out like do you happen to have more female clients or male clients or a bit of both i, I honestly it's a mixed bag it's a mixed bag yeah it's a mixed bag i work with females males mm-hmm. people in their middle ages teenagers kids older people like so you don't you're open to all experiences, all yeah. walks of life. Like really, really competitive athletes, just general fitness people. People have never lifted weights in their whole life and they want to learn right now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah. And then looking at the 10 years that I've been doing weightlifting and coaching and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still just a mixed bag. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't really consider myself like specializing as, you uh, know, okay. only fem- female health or only male health or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. if I can help you, I'll try. That's awesome. I love that. And with that in mind, like, how did you step into the role of wanting to do coaching? That one was kind of a gradual thing, and I kind of just found myself in that role. I'll be honest with you, when I first got into competitive weightlifting, my very first coach, um, mm-hmm. his name was Dan Bell. He's out in Ohio. Learned Dan a Bell. lot from him. He taught me how to snatch. He taught me how to clean and jerk. Right. Learned a lot from him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was someone who was a strong believer in if you're competing in weightlifting, compete in weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of made that observation too. I found that a lot of people that competed in weightlifting and also coached people, mm-hmm. it seemed like you were kind of dividing your attention and dividing oh. your efforts. Mm-hmm. And me, myself, um, wouldn't really feel right trying to do that. Yeah. You know, so me getting into the sport at 21 years old mm-hmm. felt like, hey, you know, if I'm going to be a weightlifter, I need to focus on weightlifting, do a little bit of coaching, but not really call myself a coach or not really mm. set myself up or, or introduce myself as a coach because I'm still very focused in trying to be competitive weightlifter. Yeah. And then as I went, you know, I've worked with four different weightlifting coaches um, just because I keep, I kept moving. I was in Ohio, I was in Virginia, and now I'm here in North Carolina. Um, You know, I've learned a lot of different things from different coaches, but here specifically, the gym that I'm at right now, Harrisburg Weightlifting Club, um, Mm -hmm. was just a little more involved, spent more time in the gym and kind of at that point, you know, when I started in the gym, I was probably seven years into my weightlifting career. So I've learned a lot and, uh, just kind of had more conversation with my current coach, Dan Rose, like just mm-hmm. about coaching, about biomechanics, about technique mm-hmm. in Olympic style weightlifting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that conversation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he definitely heard me out on some things. He, we had extensive discussion about these things. And um, I saw that one day he was instructing a level one USA weightlifting coaching course. You know, mm-hmm. he, he does those every once in a while out of our gym. and. I signed up for one, mm-hmm. um, and then I got my certification. And he's like, "Hey, you want to coach?" What? <laughs> <laughs> so by the That's time so I cool. kind of got my certification, I've decided, "Hey, I am still focused on competing, but I'm I'm getting old, you know. Like 
I'm mm-hmm. not 21 years old. Like, I'm 32, you know? Uh-huh. I've been doing this for a long time. So for me to be able to compete still and kind of shift my focus more on, on coaching has been really good for me personally. Yeah, that's good. Um, I enjoy it. I've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's kind of helping me be a better competitor. And then me being a competitor is, is helping me kind of get through to the people that I'm coaching. Like, you know, oh, yeah. you know they, they, they do help um, being able to do both. Yeah. And then, you know, the idea of, hey, I can't compete and be a good coach at the same time. I've, I've kind of revised that, you know, like, that's good. You know, that's, that's where I started. And, and then, you know, I've, I've kind of developed a new attitude about that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And once again, like, I love your perspective on that because there is a big focus to like, I'm kind of in a similar boat where I'm like, I'm just now honing into like weightlifting. Cause since I injured my shoulder a couple months back, I was like, I kind of, in a way, we started from all the way to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going up a mountain, you just poop, you fall all the way down. You're like, oh, man, again. So <laughs> I was thinking, okay, so if I'm going to avoid, you know, getting injured, what's the best case scenario to do this? And I was like, ha, huh, let's, you know, go back to where it all starts, the fundamentals. Yeah. So I spent a long time, and by a long time, like, my sense of time is just weird. But I spent maybe a month or two maybe more than that, just revisiting, rehashing bodyweight exercises and like paying attention to like how it feels to do a push-up, what's the right way to do a push-up, how it feels to squat, mm-hmm. what feels good to squat, what doesn't feel good when I squat, right. how am I breathing, how right. am I bracing? And to see it that way, like, and then suddenly introduce, not suddenly, but gradually delve into Muay Thai, I was learning, holy shit, I need to up my cardio. I can't even last during three minutes of a drill. Insane. Mm-hmm. But... It's really cool to see your perspective on that because I seldom really hear people like coach and then simultaneously compete. It's either like what you said, gotta be one or the other. You either have to compete or you have to coach. Mm -hmm. But I think it's cool that you mesh those things together and you're trying to see the beauty in doing that. And I think, again, it's very commendable because people in mentorship positions like you, you guys know what it's like to kind of, I guess, start from the bottom and compete. And I just I just love that about your experience and hearing you talk about that. It's so cool. Because <laughs> well, I remember when I saw you lift, I was like, holy shit, that's so cool. That's going to be me one day. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. Like, I, I, hope, I hope that you find that passion and, mm-hmm. and really commit yourself to do. Like, if this is what you want to be doing, like, do as much as you can with it. Yeah. Um, like, for sure. And I've met people that are excellent coaches and they never actually competed in mm-hmm. what they coach. And I've met excellent competitors and they're not very good coaches some yeah. people have no desire to coach when they're done competing like so it, it really is a what's good for you what do you want to do personally yeah um with coaching what is one i guess what's your favorite thing about just being in that position of being a coach any moment when an athlete has a breakthrough a breakthrough has, has a personal victory Mm-hmm. has a positive well, anything really like has a good experience in the gym training has a good experience competing yeah has you know if i can see someone even just emotionally develop like grow up a little bit you yeah know, learn a little more discipline mm-hmm. you know problem solve su- through a situation like that that's very rewarding to me that is you know rewarding. so i can't just say blanket statement it's only this thing because everyone that i deal with like they all have their own things going on yeah. You know, people are people. 
That's yeah. just how it is. So any any opportunity to see someone kind of have a positive experience mm-hmm. in the gym or kind of in life and it's tied to the gym or anything like that, that's that's a really cool part of coaching. Yeah, I like that because like um it that's awesome to hear. And I like the fact that you said breakthrough because some people that have been like coaches or stuff they generally just like, you know, helping people set up a regimen, set up a plan, encouraging more discipline. But for you to be like, hey, it's more of the breakthrough or just seeing people grow up a little. Like, yeah. we all need some growing up to do, you know. Right. So with that, again, to flip the coin, what would be your least favorite part of being a coach? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, mm-hmm. I think least favorite part, I think I'm going to kind of – rephrase that just so I can answer this question well. Um, I think the most difficult part of coaching for yes. me, and this is something that I've coached, I've spoken to Coach Coach Dan Rose with, we talk about this all the time, um, not, you can't make someone want to do something. You can't mm-hmm. make an athlete want it, do it. You can show them how to do it. You can help them, you can guide them, but they, they're mm-hmm. the ones doing ultimately what it is that they need to do or not do mm-hmm. to be successful. Mm-hmm. So something that I'm trying to temper and manage is, and it's a struggle, is just uh, not projecting my own expectations on another person. Uh, not in a, like not in a negative way. Like obviously, yeah. like if, if you're in it, like I, I want to push you, yeah. you know, within reason in a healthy way, in a positive way, because to, to be successful, you're gonna have to get a little uncomfortable, I think. Yes. You know, yeah. without hurting yourself. So, oh, yeah. you know, like it's that weird balance of, of pushing but not too much. Like so knowing like, when to back off, um, okay. you know, when to let this person really try and just kind of go figure it, it out on their own. But I'm still spotting you, you know. Like, yeah, I still got <laughs> you. Know, you. Like, I'll take You're two good. steps back. But like I'm going to have to let you work, work this one out and then we'll come back and talk about it later. Like. Mm-hmm. That's that's a really f- hard part of coaching is like I am with you if you're if you if you're someone I'm working with if you're my athlete my client like I'm with you like I I care about you like you matter to me mm-hmm. but how to kind of do that be involved and give you the best that I can without just going overboard mm, so finding the balance yeah like yeah. just because I'm a person too you know yeah. your your coaches are people too mm-hmm. I think sometimes athletes forget that yeah. And that seems to be a, a recurring theme because a lot of like athletes and competitors, they do plays like for a good coach, like mm-hmm. for a trainer like you, they have a lot of expectations. And I think because I only did marching band in high school, but mm-hmm. I remember I set a lot of expectations for people that were in grades above me. Like mm-hmm. I, was, I, when I was like a freshman, I put yeah. so many expectations on like my seniors because I was like, you know what you're doing. I don't. Yeah. And that is true. There were moments where they would want more out of me, but they couldn't do it themselves. Right. You know? Right. And I think that's very important because uh, I've been having this discussion, <laughs> like, to bring up my boyfriend, like, we were talking about, like, discipline and we were talking about, like, motivation and stuff. Like, I know this is a very, maybe could be a philosophical question, but it's a recurring discussion I've had with some of my, with, like, my brother and even some of my friends. It's like, is motivation even like a real factor, if that makes sense. Because I've heard some people say motivation can only be so temporary, but discipline continues you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I'm a strong believer in discipline. Like mm-hmm. motivation is a thing. 
it you is know, a it's thing. it's very much a thing, and it's it's a wonderful thing. Yes, but I think it's fickle. fickle. You can't count on it. Mm-hmm. But if you really, really, really rely on your discipline, mm-hmm. or you, you will developing it. Yeah, develop it, hone it, mm-hmm. make it a part of you. Then you can count on that to just dig in and get what needs to be done done. Mm-hmm. It's not always gonna feel good. You're not always gonna want to do it. Mm-hmm. But if it, I think just as a society, I think if every grown responsible adult just like sat down when they didn't feel like getting the work done, like how productive would we be? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, or I think motivation is a thing. Yes. And when you've got it, use it. Take take off with it. You know, yeah. run with that. But you can't just stop and wait for it. Yeah. Because I remember like when we were talking and even with not even besides my boyfriend, like some of my girlfriends, because mm-hmm. like I have an Instagram and it's just me like lifting for the most part where I'm trying to shift to that. It's uh, a lot of a lot of friends would come to me. It's like, how do you consistently want to do this? And I tell them sometimes I don't want to fucking want to. Like sometimes I know I don't want to, but mm-hmm. then I have this idea that, hey, I'm going to do this for my future self. So she so when I'm couple days later mm-hmm. i can thank myself in the past like thanks for doing that mm-hmm. because you actually showed up for yourself yeah and i believe discipline when people think of that word you get you'll get really scared and it's like no <laughs> it can be fun yeah. it's fun to have a consistent schedule because you have a routine and you have something to look forward to and even though if it may if you don't feel good at that time you have like a temporary distraction you know right so i think that's awesome and to have i guess like that responsibility it's like it's very powerful it's very empowering yeah i mean it's a choice at the end of the day like, yeah you can choose to go to the gym you can choose not to yeah um you can sometimes it's to- an easy choice sometimes it's a difficult choice like yeah everyone's got their own stuff going on but at the end of the day mm-hmm. you know if you decide to go to the gym because of x y and z reason like mm. you have gained something and you've made that decision yourself. So that's something you can take ownership of. Yeah. Um, and that's discipline. Yeah. And I, I really like that. And with your experience with coaching, what would you say or what would you consider to be like some like your high or, or lower points? Like any specific experiences you've had where you're like you even doubted if you wanted to do this career or any experiences where even in competing – that you even doubted that if you should compete in the first place. Yeah, I got you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there was one point Mm -hmm. where I was considering retiring. Actually, between you and me, and I guess everyone who's listening, (laughs) I I have technically retired for like six days. Um, What? (laughs) I thought thought that it was just time for me to stop competing in weightlifting. And and then Mm -hmm. like, I was just, I was horrible. I just I felt horrible about it. Like I was distraught. It was like it was not the right decision at the time. So um, I you know, I spoke to my coach like six days after I retired and like, hey <laughs> about <laughs> that. Um so you know, there have been many points in my career where I thought, you know, as a competitive athlete, like I, I'm done. I need to be done. I need to be wow. done. Um and mind you, I'm not anyone spectac- spectacular. Like I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a national medalist in weightlifting, mm-hmm. senior medalist. So I do well, you know, I typically can place top 12, top 10 at nationals, um, yeah. but I'm not the best. I'm, yeah. I'm not, you know, the top athlete in my weight class. I'm not, mm-hmm. I haven't really ever been. So oh. I do well enough, but I'm not, I don't you're not, have anything on my not, shoulders here. Yeah. Like I, I'm doing it purely because I love it. Yeah. You know, um, so for me to be like, hey, I'm going to retire. Hey, I'm not like, it's not like I'm 
you know, an Olympic hopeful and I'm not a sponsored athlete or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So there's no pressure for me to keep going anyway. It's just purely just joy my own self, you know, deciding do I want to stay committed to a routine, stay committed to specific programming from my coach, Mm -hmm. decide to eat well, decide to get the sleep that I need or at least try to, you know, like the things that I don't dabble in because I want to compete well, like, right. I don't miss them. I don't feel like I would rather do those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, sorry, I'm rambling a bit. No, you're but okay. Like, there have been many times, especially as I'm getting older in the past five years, like where I'm like, I might actually retire. Like I, you know, serious injury. Am I going to come back from that? I, I have come back from an injury pretty recently in the past two years. Like it was, oh, a, really? yeah, it was a bad injury, but I, I'm doing okay. You know, yeah. I found a way around it. I, I got back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, uh, I think someone who is just has 10 years in a sport. Mm-hmm. And then before these 10 years, I was eight years into track and field and competing at a relatively high level. I was a competitive athlete in track. You yeah. Know, it adds up. Yeah. it. I like that. It all adds up and it all connects. And I asked this too because I've been thinking about it recently and sometimes I don't know if, you know, like life to life just genuinely gets in the way mm-hmm. and i had this conversation actually i just remembered because my older sister she's done martial arts since she was nine yeah she's done a lot of karate and in the philippines they were like remember when we were talking about how physical like education is like it's a priority yeah in most asian countries and whatnot if for her when she was going to karate she told me they would train like three hours a day yeah which is like an average for even like weightlifters because yeah. sometimes my friends or my boyfriend like hey where are you i'm like i'm at the gym like it's been three hours i'm like and yeah. <laughs> like we're and. still going like we're i'm not done yet yeah, i'm not done yet <laughs> i just rest between sets for a long time but right. I'm, I'm still going and she had a conversation with me at breakfast and she sat me down and she's like may i have a question i'm like yeah what's up and she says like i feel you know I feel bad for just having a rest day and how I don't know she asked me for advice mm-hmm. she asked me how do you tell yourself that it's okay to rest and I think of that thing because it's very common I guess for people like like us that are that are wanting to be more athletic that are sometimes you don't know when to stop yeah and I guess that also ties into like retiring it's like knowing the point of when you could stop if that makes sense yeah um, I mean, that's a really good question. I think mm-hmm. people see it all the time with, you know, celebrity athletes. Like, yes. they retire and then they unretire. Like, it's just, uh, that's just a big part of who they are, mm-hmm. you know, just generally speaking. So the question of retiring from competitive sport is, that's a tough one. And it's something that everyone has to handle on their own. Yeah. Um, But, you know, if I'm going to speak for myself, the position I'm in right now where I am, more involved with coaching mm-hmm. more now than ever before mm-hmm. if i had to retire right now mm-hmm. i could you if, could if i was still allowed to coach oh you know if i had to choose right now between competing in another another meet and i love competing mm-hmm. and coaching i would pick coaching right now yeah um that's just me myself mm-hmm. but as far as someone else you know that question of retiring you know, sometimes people retire because of injury. Yeah. Sometimes people retire because they kind of want to move on with the rest of their life. If you're competing at a high level, you you do have to make sacrifices. Yeah, you do. And the people that are close to you will probably be making those sacrifices to some extent too. Yeah. So you kind of have to look at the big picture in that regard. Like, where are you in life and where are you looking to be? Yeah. 
Um, and then sometimes one way to figure out how much something means to you, mm -hmm. a sport, an activity, mm -hmm. if it's taken away from you, how do you feel? Oh. You know, when I was injured pretty recently, a couple of years ago, like uh, I couldn't lift weights for what? three months. Like that was a long, that's the longest I've ever taken off from any type of training since I was 14. What? That was a very long stint of time for me to not be doing weightlifting. And I, that was horrible. I wanted it back. Yeah. So that's why I didn't retire. Oh. So some people, okay. you know, if you're not sure how you feel about something, you know, why am I going to the gym? Yeah. Don't do it for X amount of time. Don't do it for an extended period of time. Oh, and, then, yeah. <laughs> and then see how you feel about it. Yeah. What does that do for you? Mm. And then you figure out pretty quickly, what does that activity do for you? And what does it not do for you? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So do you mind me asking like, how, like, where were you injured? Were you injured like on your arm or your leg? Yeah, I injured my ankle. So what? Yeah. Um, oh, shit. This isn't something I've like really spoken widely like the people who know me know but like I, I fractured my ankle I had surgery on my ankle so I'm walking around with metal plates and some oh. metal bolts in my ankle so uh -huh. you know I sustained this injury seven years into my weightlifting career seven years you know and what? most of like I, it, it changed the way I squat it changes the way that I lift like I had to relearn how to walk I re had to learn how to lift again so you had to go to like through like rehab essentially yeah. uh -huh. and like I did it as quickly as I could and right now it's not perfect it's as good as it's gonna be but it, it I'm not the same as I used to be mm. but one year after I had surgery pretty much one year on mm -hmm. the calendar date uh I mean I ended up getting a medal at nationals wow I worked very hard for that yeah um but yeah i I've got a bunch of hardware in my ankle now. That's that's in a way cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it, it the was, perseverance. Yeah, I, again, like I could have, I could have stopped right then and there, but um, you didn't. And I didn't want to. Yeah, and I kind of came back a little bit better. It gave me a lot of perspective. Yes, it they gave, do. Yeah, it gave. It, I grew a lot. I think with that. Yeah, I I can relate because, uh, and I have like an own episode about this where I was just more reflecting, but. I was injured this past November and I just strained my shoulder, my rotator cuff on bench mm -hmm. and the amount of fear of like, okay, did I really strain it? Let's learn what it means to strain something. Let's learn what it means to impinge a shoulder. Let's learn the mechanics. We got that out of the way. Like I remember yeah. like I would stay up till midnight just reading like WebMD and be like, yeah. what does this mean? What does it do? Yeah. What's like, going on with my- Could it be this? Could it be this? Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, oh. like I went to physical therapy and then when we we're doing like the tests and I'm still going now because mm -hmm. I, it turns out like a couple days ago or a week or two ago, I was doing like a project late at night at school. And I remember I leaned down and my backpack was on my left side because it was the left shoulder I strained. Mm -hmm. And I, I jerked it forward, like I picked it up and mm -hmm. my my sh my cuff just, poof, just sudden sharp pain. And I was like, what the hell? Oh, what's that? I was like, what the world? And it felt, if I felt like the world was ending because I thought, did I pop it? Did anything happen? And at that time, my boyfriend's like, let's go get something to eat. And then I came, <laughs> went to eat dinner with him. And the whole time, he just kept stretching out my shoulder. And I was like, babe, it hurts. It hurts. Thank you. <laughs> He's like trying to help. You're like, you're trying to help. It's not helping. Stop. It's not helping. It's not helping. Stop. <laughs> and then I told him, like, baby, it keeps hurting. And he was like, put the, like, you know, like cold sore. And then I went to PT, like a different physical therapist. And essentially... She told me that it's not injured, but it is still very weak because yeah. I still don't feel comfortable doing some things 
with my left shoulder. Yeah. And she said, we're just going to have to rebuild your strength. And I was like, okay, awesome, which is great. Mm-hmm. But when I was out for like a month and a half, I and it was right before winter break, so the colder months, mm-hmm. when you're all shut in your house, when it gets cold, when you're not going out as much. Mm-hmm. For me, I usually get a lot more sadder during that time because it's like the weather gets more dreary. Yeah. To be shut in and then to be injured, mm-hmm. I had a lot of time to just think. I was like, what does this mean for me? Like what you said, like it was taken away from me. Mm-hmm. And even some of my friends, like my close friends were like, we see how depressed you're getting. <laughs> like, yeah. are you going on your walks? Because I do that. And that's something my therapist recommended. It's like, if you can't lift right now, go just go for a walk. Right. And I was like, it's great to have that alternative. Mm-hmm. But I do relate like, cause I think I was just out for like a month or two longest, mm-hmm. but that was, that was the worst couple months i'd ever been out like i it was the worst thing but at the same time it's funny i would not take back those months yeah like i would not right because you've gained from it yeah right and i love that in a way (laughs) it's 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 so interesting and it's so cool and i love seeing the nuances and struggle and experiences so it's it's i don't know it's very interesting to talk about it. And I appreciate you opening up about like your ankle because like I wouldn't have known. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's not the first thing I tell people, but I mean, it's, yeah. I, it is, it's because I'm making it a non-factor. Yeah. You know, I like I'm, that. I'm not going to, well, I'm telling everyone now, but I, you know, I didn't want to spend social media posts just talking about, you know, my injury and all this stuff. Like it, it happened, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I can move on from it. I decided to. Like, my ankle was sideways when I broke it. Like, it was it was a bad injury. Like, so <laughs> so what even happened if you don't? Did it, was it I just, mean, like, a basic accident? Yeah, like, I mean, it was. it's so not glamorous or not uh, a ball of glory for me. But, like, yeah. I, I was I was climbing a tree and I fell out of it. Huh? <laughs> what? Yeah, Why were like, you climbing the tree in the first place? Okay, so, <laughs> one, for the record, I oh. had 30 years of successful tree climbing in my whole life. This was the one time I've fallen what out of the a tree. Wh- <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not, it's not a proud moment. Not, the, oh, not your proudest moment. No, okay. it's not a proud moment, but it happened nonetheless. So, yeah, I was climbing a tree, and then I just, I fell out of it, and I landed really poorly on it, and oh. uh, my ankle was sideways, and I'm like, oh, it's, that's not good. Um, <laughs> oh, and then, my God. You know, I was fortunate enough to have a good surgeon in the ER, and he, he fixed me right up on the same day. What? And same then, day? Yeah, same day. So it, it wasn't like like time? And then no, were... because it was like my ankle was sideways. Oh, my it was, so God. So it was dislocated and fractured in two different places. <laughs> they took me. My parents took me to the ER. I was visiting them. I was out in Santa Fe, New Mexico. <laughs> um, it was on my dad's birthday. I felt so bad. So they, yeah, it was like, oh, it was no. not a great day. I'm like, happy birthday, dad. Um, you know, so, you know, they operated on my ankle. They fixed it, put all this hardware in there. And then I was on an airplane back here this the next day. They said, yeah, you can fly. I'm like, all right, I've got a flight to catch. I need to get back to work in Charlotte, North Carolina. They're like, yeah, you'll be fine. So I'm like, so, <laughs> I, like the day after my surgery, I'm like, I'm like, you know, on a flight back here. And it was fine. Like it was, it was okay. Everything's okay. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. I love like, <laughs> how nonchalant you are. Because if I were you, I'd be like, what the hell? What is happening? Because I remembered I was internally panicking when I felt like the barbell just slant a little to my left and yeah. just strained my shoulder. I was like, oh, this is not good. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it clearly wasn't good. But no. I'm just, I'm like, well, it already happened. So let's move on with my life and I'll do the best I can. Like, yeah, that's just, that's my attitude about things. That's like, I'm not going to, I'll Dwell. figure out, I'll, Find a way to lift again. That's fine, and 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 then I have. It's 
So wow, how long was your resting period? I mean, um, you were out for like a month or two, basically. Yeah, I was I was on crutches for a good month and a half. Oh my god, I was healing really fast. So wow. like the X-rays and stuff like that, the you know the doctor and they're like, wow, you're doing great with your healing. So I'm like, sweet. Um, <laughs> so god. I think that kind of surgery would take at least three three months of people yeah. just being in a walking boot and yeah. But I was out of I was off of crutches and walking around a boot for after about two months. So yeah. Maybe two months mm-hmm. where I was just before I got cleared to do anything. Uh-huh. So I was I healed up about a month sooner than probably what most people would do in that in that kind of injury. But right. I was just very strong willed and very stubborn. So <laughs> I channeled that to try and make a positive. <laughs> hey, hey, you did it. You're here now, recording with us and talking about <laughs> this experience. I, I think that's awesome. I still can't believe it because like it's the most for me, whenever I've heard drastic uh, accidents, it's the most mundane things. Yeah. Like, my sister and I have a habit of just getting injured from most mundane things. Like, I bump into doors all the time. And then, like, because I started Muay Thai, and I remember like, I just bumped into the door, and it, it bruised my shin. And yeah. I'm like, this is normal. Like, you bruise your shin in Muay Thai normally. Yeah. And then I remember one of my friends was like, hey, what happened with your shit? I'm like, oh, I just bumped into it. And like, you, you didn't kick it? I'm like, oh, no, I just bumped into it. <laughs> They're like, <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> no, I hear you. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I feel like I, I spend all of my athleticism in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> like, all of my physical <laughs> ability is just, like, it's in the gym. So when I'm walking around like a normal person, I'm, like, clumsy. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have to explain. I need to explain it to my to my boyfriend because he's like, babe, you're bumping into things. I'm like, it's so in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's on right. the other like, side just, of the world. You just... Just put me in a gym and I'll I'll show you I'll show you how well I move. But yeah, like outside of that, like I yes I well I'm just mis- a little penguin. <laughs> yeah, mis- mystery bruises. Don't know what happened there, but it's fine. Yeah, no, like it's so it's really funny. I just can't believe it. So you climb trees? I mean, I was just climbing this one because it looked very climbable. You know? <laughs> like I had like no, by your house. There, there's no good explanation for this. That's like <laughs> like you'd <laughs> be climbing. I mean, I was at my, I was p- visiting my parents in Santa Fe, New Mexico. They've got this beautiful five-acre lot. Like, it's, it's, okay, so it, you okay? Yes, I was doing, I was exploring. Okay, I love that. No, I love that. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this tree looks cool. Like, I was doing some pull-ups on the tree. I was feeling like a badass. And then I'm like, oh, well, let's climb it. I didn't, I, you know, I tried to climb it, and then it, it just didn't end well. Okay, so <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's, it's not cool. Like, I know it's not cool. No, it's not even cool. It's just funny. Like, even years after the fact, I'm like a little bit ashamed. Okay, like <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was a cooler injury. No, like I'm just glad you're okay and a tree Thank did you. it, not anybody else. Yeah, no one else did it to me. It was just purely self-inflicted plus gravity. Just can't escape gravity. Yeah, you can but. never escape gravity. Have you ever tried rock climbing? Yeah, like for fun. Yeah, it's a, that's a challenging activity. Like I love, so, I like it. It's yeah, fun, but it's fun. It's it's a lot. Yeah, like um, I did indoor rock climbing at my, so I've been at two gyms prior to going to campus gym. Yeah, and actually four in total if I'm gonna count it. But the indoor rock climbing gym, man, like there's, have you ever just done regular outdoor rock climbing or indoor? I've mostly done indoor. Okay, and indoor. then I've like climbed up a mountain, but like not impressively. Oh, outdoors. Okay, so I don't think we can count that <laughs> so as you, like rock climbing. So, or so you and climbing, it, it can be love or hate, basically. I got you. Yeah. Um. So with indoor rock climbing, like I remember when I started getting into it, it was mostly just a phase because mm-hmm. at this point, like I'm I'm 21 and I'm just trying a bunch of things, yeah. seeing if it works. Indoor rock climbing was good for a little bit, but my God, like. 
it was so good for like core and mm -hmm. endurance. Mm -hmm. And I remember just going up to the top, like with like the assisted rope one. Yeah. And like padding, because I think I was taught, like, if you reach the top, you just hit the top and you go back down. Mm -hmm. I hit the top and I was like, and I looked down, it's just, just all that height. And I was like, oh, you gotta go back down. Oh. <laughs> I gotta go back down. Oh, I gotta go back down. And I remember I was like, I can do it. And I just, just like shimmied my way, not shimmied my way, like, I just roped back down. And I was like, that's the most horrifying but cool experience I've ever had. But, I see videos of people doing like the free climb where they yeah. just maneuver through the wall. I'm like, you're, it's so impressive. That's impressive and that's horrifying, but awesome. Yeah. Cause like, even when I think about it now, like when I've not climbed in so long, like the little grips on the wall, my hands still get a little tingly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I remember feeling through the, the, the thing and be like, is this the best way? And putting like the um, rock climbing, like powder. I don't know. It's, it's just so fun. But have you ever had a phase where, um, not only coaching or weightlifting or previous sports, like you wanted to just try different types of fitness. Oh yeah, like, really? I have like this bucket list of different sports and activities that I, I'm just slowly making this list larger because mm -hmm. I've been so focused on my athletic careers that I won't risk them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, when I was a track and field athlete, like I wanted to go snowboarding and I wanted to try, yeah, I want to try snow skiing. I want to try snowboarding, things like that. But like, I can't afford to hurt myself. Yeah, no. You know, so like I, I've been kind of conservative in that regard where I, I don't go off and do these things. Oh. Um, so once I retire and have a little more freedom with just not trying to be ready for a competition, mm -hmm. then I will try some new things. Yeah. Um, but I haven't actually just seen them through because I've, I have been pretty serious about my, yeah. my track and field and my weightlifting. Yeah. So I'm not as as daring and I, I just I just know that like I would probably have like another freak accident like I, I mean I climbed out of I, I fell out of a tree like on a weekend like for no good reason so like <laughs> if I just like try and like ski down a mountain like there's no way that's gonna end well oh know? my god so like I need to make sure that like my my schedule is clear of competitions before I try and do something like that yeah I I I got you like right there um now that's that's funny in a way because I had a phase where I was just trying different things and I was, I was routinely working out. So this was a year or two ago. So I was working in Ballantyne. I was working at a salad place and I was working like 20, 21 hours. So I was making like pretty sizable amount of money for a college student, mind yeah. you, I'm not rich or anything. And I remember I would go work out, I would work, work at like, and make me look cute little salads, go to the gym. And then there was a phase where my best friend, she's always the one wanting to try new things, mm -hmm. which I love. I'm very like regimented, mm -hmm. but at this point I'm trying to be more adaptive and be like, if if I can fit it in, I'll do it, why not? Yeah. And so she was like, hey, Pauline, we should try this thing. And I'm like, what's the thing? She's like, pole dancing. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I was like, wasn't expecting that one. I, but was, not, I was like, okay. You have my attention. No, you have one. my attention. <laughs> and girl, if, this is to everybody else. Pole dancing, I know it has a very, let's just say, I'm going to say a sexual connotation, but when you actually try it, oh yeah, oh my God. You have to be fit. You've got to be fit. That core, mm -hmm. I was hanging on to dear life on that pole. And I, I remember just getting, like finishing, like two intro to pole dancing classes. Yeah. I was struggling. I was, <laughs> I was like, what? My core, everything is shot. <laughs> My legs. <laughs> and I believe from that experience, I didn't 
realize how much mobility and just general strength mm-hmm. is so important because like um our core our our pole dancing instructor showed us like a technique where like if you go like if you basically commit to like going to the studio often because there's one in charlotte it's right by the university mm-hmm. um Shout out to pole body and arts. <laughs> if you commit, they'll have like more like from intro to beginner, beginner classes and then intermediate and beyond. They'll teach you techniques where you can pole dance in heels, like wow. stilettos. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's extra core. Mm-hmm. That's extra balance, mm-hmm. extra muscle memory. Yeah. Grip strength. What? So way more demanding. It's way it's a lot more demanding. And there was actually a move where she showed us that she was like she went up the like up to the top of the pole mm-hmm. and just kind of like not shimmy but like roped her way down is the best way nice. and i was like what <laughs> and i was like this is so cool and it's not like in a more like grandeur risque movements it's genuinely just find, finding different ways to maneuver your body around yeah. a stasis like yeah. a pole yeah. and i was like this is so impressive and i think when i finished like unfortunately i couldn't commit because just money and like school was starting mm-hmm. but seeing the the lengths you can push your body to yeah. is really fucking cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. It's so impressive. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's a very, you know, unique outlet, but it, it counts mm-hmm. as it's activity. It's physical. Yeah. You know, it's like physical. It's, so like, I still respect that. That's yeah. cool. I know. And I met like moms there. Like they were just lift there. Yeah. They just want to do it. Yeah. And I'm yes. like, hey, good for you. Yeah. They enjoy it. They want to spend time doing it. They want to get better at it. Like I respect that. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I respect that a lot too. And it's just, I realized from this journey that I am glad that I got into fitness when I did mm-hmm. because the first seven years of my life, they were, I was very depressed as a kid. So I was sedentary. Like I did not like going walks. I did not like working out. I hated it when my siblings dragged me out somewhere and whatnot. And I was like, no, I'm staying at home. But now completely flipped. I can't wait to go out. I can't wait to just go out and walk. Yeah. I'm like, it's, it's part of your life. Yeah. It's part of your lifestyle. That's, that's part of you now. That's yeah. Good. And it's like, ooh, I like a smoothie. <laughs> like, I love a, a good smoothie. And it's just awesome to really sit down and talk to you about that. And unfortunately, I do feel that we're near the end of the super cool interview. <laughs> and But however, I do want to end on like a really high note. And again, once again, I'm I I love I loved having you on on this episode. It's this, been my pleasure. Thank you. No, really, and this has been a cool experience. I've never done something like this before. Hey, so. no, you're trying something new. It's yeah. just so cool. No, thank you for the invite. Yes. I've enjoyed it. I'm glad. Yeah, a lot of people are like, hey, uh, I I would always you know reach out to somebody and be like, do you want to go on my little podcast? And they're like, what? I've never done this. I'm like, hey, <laughs> something new for everybody, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, to leave off on the high note, like what I was saying earlier, is there any specific advice you would say to like a woman that wants to go in the gym or maybe someone interested in like competitive uh olympic style weightlifting that you'd recommend or maybe just general life advice from a coach just try it try it it and then if you can find help Mm. find someone to help you Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm a strong believer in i need a coach Mm -hmm. even if it's in the gym for general strength training. Find someone who's knowledgeable, who knows mm-hmm. more than you, yeah. who can show you how to do it well and safely. Yes. It's really important to me personally as a coach and as an athlete. Like, do it well, do it safely, and do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of literature out there. There's a lot of people spouting their opinions. There's a lot of people saying science about pretty much anything in the gym right now. So yeah. you, you've got to do some homework. you got to do some research. But find someone 
we can help you. Mm-hmm. Um, be open to some input. Be open to trying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you ever have an opportunity to pass something positive along, do that. Do that. Yeah. I like that. And do you say that would be the same advice you have as a coach as well? Yeah, I think so. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's just really hard for me to kind of break me as an athlete and me as a coach apart at this point. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's just a big part of who I am. So, yeah, because um, yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, doing anything well and anything right and and finding help, finding mm-hmm. mentorship, finding coaching, um, it helps. Yeah, it's very awesome. It's not only awesome, it, it's significant. And like what I said, thank you for sharing your experience on this episode. And thank you to everybody who is listening because this is, again, information we both think and I as like the show host think is essential because there's a rise in women being more fit, women being more muscular. And I think, (coughs) oh, man, you're good. Sorry. No, you're fine. Oh, my God. Allergies. It's all good. I'm keeping this in there because it's a struggle. I have been sneezing a lot too. And I really want to thank you all for listening. And thank you so much to Kat, Catherine, however you want to call it. Uh, Kat, Catherine. I, <laughs> I respond to both. Okay. I'm going to call you just Kat because Catherine's my best friend. But thank you so much, Kat, for sharing your message and sharing your mentorship so but thank you so much of course thank you for for coming on and we're happy to have you and hopefully you guys can tune in next time and as usual have a good one